Welcome to episode 34 of A Politic. We are engaged in a progressive discussion of politics for people who hate politics in 5 to 10 minutes. We try to keep it short and to the point. We encourage people and empower them. We're attempting to promote a transformation of our society for the benefit of everyone in the society. The goal of the podcast is to encourage voter registration and voter participation in a process of reducing the conflict and division of our society. What we're hoping to do is encourage you to get informed about the issues. Society as a whole really needs each and every one of us to vote based on making informed choices, and that really means looking into the issues and not being fooled by all the misinformation available in the media. Some of the information is accurate and some is true, but some of it is not. So we have to carefully analyze the information that we use to form our opinions and our votes. A politic pledges to give high quality information is not biased toward a political party, but toward the truth. We're going to look at various topics through the lenses of progressive principles as we are looking at issues, policies, and programs. And by the way, we specified those principles in program number two, and we spent the first roughly 20 some odd programs illustrating how we were going to approach the issues based on those principles. So we refer you to the earlier episodes to understand what the principles are. Now we want to examine these topics using real stories and real people. Again, all in relation to our progressive principles. We're going to join Steve in a discussion of how the stock market is operating in some surprising ways and how you must be vigilant to protect your market investment. Spoiler alert, not everyone in the stock market becomes a millionaire and not everyone is in a position to benefit equally in their investing. As a matter of fact, you might be surprised that members of Congress can invest in the stock market just like you and I. You might be surprised that our representatives have much more detailed information about what's going on in the economy and so they often take advantage of that knowledge to gain unfair advantage in their investing. As a matter of fact, both the Republican senators who are up for re-election in Georgia have been participating in insider trading, and they've been making millions. This goes beyond our program for this podcast, but at this point I'll just say that David Perdue sold his casino stocks and invested heavily in drug companies marketing COVID products. And Kelly Loeffler is married to the president of the New York Stock Exchange, So do you think she may have some inside information 
both as a member of the Senate and as the wife of the president of the New York Stock Exchange? Hmm, I wonder. I think it should be illegal for senators and representatives to participate in the stock market, investing in specific stocks because of their inherent conflict of interest. This is an example of violation of principle number two in our progressive principles. Increases personal freedom and, I'm sorry, increases the freedom of personal and corporate enterprise balanced by personal and corporate accountability. A politic would love to see you become a millionaire. However, we do think that our public servants should not become millionaires based on inside information. So thank you for joining us, and we're looking forward to our discussion. So there's there's another money issue that was covered in the dispatch, and we're going to put all these references in our show notes. But you were telling me about another interesting story the other day, and I wanted for us to spend some time on it. And it has to do with the investments of people in the United States and uh, how the uh, investment public has been faring with the stock market. So I wanted you to share that with us, Steve. Well, it was an article in the Sunday edition of the November 22nd, 2020 dispatch. And the headline was quite eye-catching. The number of 401k millionaires hits a new high. And you constantly hear national leaders, uh, not the least of which is our current president, talking about how your 401k is doing and oh, yeah. and, uh, and your IRAs. And, and usually these are, these are long-term investment vehicles that people who are fortunate enough to have, you know, employment for 30 years can put an amount of money aside at the end of each year. I don't have one, uh, but uh, I know enough no. about them to be dangerous. Oh, my gosh. um, Oh, my goodness. Neither do I. And so they're basically retirement vehicles that people who, again, are fortunate to have a job for 25 or 30 years can put money aside that will then be invested and then will grow. And then you can, at a certain age, begin to take from those earnings, um, you know, something in addition to your Social Security. So what caught my attention was... You're constantly hearing about 401ks and IRAs. And so I'm I'm reading about the the number of millionaires that have hit a new high, that have had that have invested in this financial vehicle. And I'm reading and I'm going, Oh, the number of IRA millionaires has jumped by nearly fifteen percent. And I'm going, Well, gee whiz, how many millions of people could that possibly be? The number of IRA millionaires jumped to 234,000 in wow. 2019. Wow. Now, That's less there than are some 1%. people. Yeah, 
Yeah. Now, there are other people who won't ever reach a million dollars in value in their IRA, but I thought there might be millions of people who were millionaires, and not just, not quite a quarter of a million Americans have enough money amassed that can basically qualify them to be considered having earned a million dollars in their IRA. And so at the end of the article, it said that an analysis done by Fidelity averaged out what the average IRA balance for the average American, it's gone up 6%. So after, who knows, you know, a working lifetime, what is the average balance in an in the average IRA? Not quite one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. Wow! Which you know, that's a lot of money to a lot of people in America. But it ain't a million. In a vehicle, uh, you would think that there would be more people who would be declared millionaires with a 401k and that, but that the average uh, that is actually set aside over the lifetime of that investment is $117,700. And I'm going, whoa. Um, And of course, all that money while it's being invested is obviously earning some return for the people who are doing the investing. And so uh, it it, it was quite an eye-opening article. Yes, very tiny numbers compared to what we were thinking. When you and I talked about it, I was guessing there are probably at least 20 million people who had become millionaires during this last stock market rise. And you thought it was how many million? Oh, I thought it was a couple million easy, but uh, yes, yeah, I, I didn't even break a quarter of a million. Board, and you thought it was a couple million, and it was less than less than one percent of the people in our country. And and they talked a little bit about the CARES Act, which was has been put in place by Congress to help people and tide them over for um, you know uh, the COVID. And uh, from April until the end of October, 1.3 million individuals had taken a CARES Act distribution from their retirement account, representing a little over 5% of the eligible employees. The average distribution amount was $10,000. The median was $3,000. And it's like... um, you know, where's the U.S. savings bonds when you need them? <laughs> really? I mean, um, but I, it was quite it was quite astonishing when I when I saw the headline. I said, "Oh, there's probably a couple million people that are four hundred one k millionaires." Nope, not quite two hundred and forty thousand. Wow. Thank you for joining us for episode 34 of Apolitik. As you can see, if the United States Senators and Representatives can trade in the stock market, they will continue to have unfair advantage over the normal investor. But if you decide that it's okay for our representatives to dabble in the market, 
or not, you must vote because how you vote determines our future. Again, I'm talking to all you people who haven't been voting in that 33 to 40% range who just haven't felt like taking the time and trouble to become informed on the issues and then casting your ballot. You are the ones who will control the balance of power in the United States over the next 20 to 50 years. Good luck. Now we're going to move on to another topic in our next podcast. So we will look forward to seeing you at episode 35. Have a great rest of your day.